Hello and welcome to the Property Podcast, a warning. In this week's episode, we get passionate, we even swear, but this episode, and I don't say this lightly, has the potential to change your life. Welcome to the Property Podcast, where every Thursday property investors come to be informed and inspired. It's the start of a new decade with all the potential that brings. It's a blank sheet of paper. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to make sure you put the next 10 years to good use? Well, that's a big question, but that's one that we're going to attempt to answer for you in this episode. And if you stick around to the end for Hub Extra, we're sharing a book which is a strong contender for my book of the year already. Rob, I'm loving the headline of this week's news story. Good times ahead, it seems, because the headline reads, UK property, largest monthly increase in asking prices ever recorded after election 2019. Wowzers, here we go. Yes, indeed. This is according to data from Rightmove, who say that asking prices have risen by 2.3%, equivalent to an average increase of £6,785. That's the largest monthly movement ever. Ever. Now, of course, these are just asking prices. These aren't sold prices. So it doesn't mean that house prices are suddenly going to jump 2%. It might just mean that sellers are getting a bit over optimistic. But it's that optimism point that I think is interesting. Because when you get data about what properties have actually sold for, there's normally a bit of a lag. But when you're looking at asking prices, it's a little bit forward looking, or at least it's telling you how people are feeling in the market now. And after such a long time of people waiting and seeing, not making any moves, being nervous about what's going on politically, it does feel a little bit like there's a lot of pent up pressure and it's like a cork flying out of the bottle. Now we've got, relatively speaking, more certainty. How will this translate into actual prices? I don't know, but I'm getting a little bit nervous that my prediction about growth in 2020 was a bit on the low side. If we take these early signs as way things are going to carry on, then maybe, Rob, but they are only just early signs, so we'll see. But we'd like positive early signs rather than negative ones. So really positive news story to kick off what I'm sure is going to be a very positive episode. Now, not so positive, Rob, is our um, team and their actions, because we've been doing YouTube videos for a Only a few months now, and Rob, we're not perfect. And um, it seems that they've realised that as well and collected a nice collection of bloopers of you and I, and and it doesn't show us in our best light. We're professionals at the top of our game, and now people are going to see the real us. (laughs) Yeah, but turns out we, meaning me, are quite sweary. I didn't actually realise how much profanity our editor takes out. Absolutely. So if you'd like to see the bloopers of myself and Rob, the potty mouth dicks, then you can... But you have to do something. Our team have said that they will release the bloopers video when either our YouTube channel or our Instagram channel hits 10,000. They're both very close. It could happen any day now. But as soon as one of those channels hits 10,000, we will release the video. Or should I say, they will release the video. So if you'd like to see Rob and I look silly, which I'm sure many of you would, then all you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram. And in the next few weeks, when we hit that magic number, that video unfortunately, will be released and you can all laugh at our expense. So we're in the first month of a new year and we're in the first month of a new decade. And don't leave comments saying the new decade starts next year. That's just boring. We're at the start of a new decade. And that's brilliant because the great thing about a new decade is it is just a date, but it gets you thinking a bit longer term. Thinking long term is always a positive thing to do, but especially in property, where you need to take actions every day, but the results play out over a long period of time. 
So how do you make the 2020s an amazing decade for you? Well, of course, you've got to take those right actions every day. There's going to be lots of tactical advice. We're going to be talking about that on the podcast every week. So of course, the first thing you can do is keep listening to the podcast every Thursday. But there's more you can do as well by thinking about the big picture. So in this episode, we're going to give you a framework for how to think about the decade ahead and how to set yourself up for massive success. Now, it's really interesting because you could go, right, what's the first step? What do I do? But actually, you need to start with the end and think about why are you even doing this? And we've said this so many times over the years we've done the podcast, but we will keep saying it because it's so important. But the most successful people that we interact with are those who get very clear on the outcomes that they want to achieve. And that could be shorter term outcomes or longer term outcomes. And in this case, we're going longer term. But you need to know what success looks like. You need to go, right, okay, when I get to the end of this decade, how can I judge it? How can I determine if I've been a success or not? And the way to do that is to write down what you want to achieve. So you go, right, by the time it turns 2030, what have I done? What have I achieved? And make that list, but give it the time it deserves. This shouldn't be something you rush in a 10-minute activity. You know, give yourself hours to do this task. Give it the serious thinking it deserves. Because if you get laser focused on the outcomes that you want to achieve, your brain will start to help you figure out ways to get there. And Rob, this isn't wishy-washy goals like, well, I want to be financially free. You've got to get very specific of what success looks like and it needs to be measurable. Yeah, we've talked about goal setting plenty on the podcast before and we always say how you need to get precise about defining what success actually looks like. So you do eventually need to get down to that level of if it's like, I want to be financially free. Okay, well, what does that actually mean? How much money do you have coming in? But before you get to that point, you need to really dig into what it is you want to do and why. If you want to be in a position not to work anymore, why is that? Is it because you don't like that job? Is it because you've got something else you'd rather be doing? Is it because you want to spend more time with your family or you expect you'll have a family by then so you want more flexibility? If it's having a certain amount of extra money, why? What are you going to do with it? What will that do for you? You've got to focus on that motivation, the underlying reason why you're doing this. That's what's going to really keep you motivated over a long period of time. The challenge when you're thinking about a decade is it's a very long time to stay motivated for. And we'll talk a little bit about what to do about that later on. But the wonderful thing about thinking about in the time frame of a decade is you can really think big. You might be nervous about how much you can achieve in a year and undersell what's actually possible because it doesn't feel like that long. But because a decade feels like a long time, and it is, you can really get bold and ambitious when you're setting those goals and not feel that you have to hold yourself back at all. I'll actually lay a wager and you'll need to come and find me in 10 years and I don't know where I'm going to be just yet. But the wager is that the things you list for 10 years will not be ambitious enough. You will list down your goals and you will say, right, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And the vast majority, I think you'll do within five years because people often underestimate what they can achieve in the long term and overestimate what they can do in the short term. I remember about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, writing down life goals. And I look back at some of them now and go, wow, my thinking was so small. I smashed the numbers in that book by quite a long way. Not because I've been brilliant, but just because I've not been ambitious enough. I've not been thinking big enough. And thinking big is really important. It's a subject, again, we've talked about on the podcast in the past. But you should really be bold, think big, be audacious with your long-term goals, and then possibly reel it in a little bit for the shorter-term goals. You see this play out so often. You know, even when you bring it down to a month, or a few weeks, you know, a summer holiday's coming up. Right, I want to lose two stone before my holiday next month. It's not going to happen. 
You might lose half a stone if you're really focused and you're really lucky if that's what you want to do. But so many people go too extreme and too far with their short-term goals. But then for the long-term goals, they'll go, all right, I want to lose over the next four years three stone. So you want to do two stone in the first couple of months and then three stone over the longer term. Now, I'm exaggerating the point to make it hit home. And it plays out with all of us. As I said, it's happened to me. So I can pass on that experience so you cannot make the same mistake. You want your long-term goals to feel a little bit scary, a little bit audacious, and almost embarrassing that you possibly couldn't show them to someone else because people will go, you want to do what, by when? If you feel you get that reaction, you're thinking it's probably in the right ballpark. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, Robin. I've noticed exactly the same thing when it comes to my own goal setting and seen it countless times when we've talked to other investors. So something very common that you'll hear is, well, in a year's time, I want to have £2,000 a month coming in. And in 10 years time, I want to be up to £5,000 a month because then I'll be able to quit my job. And that kind of gets it wrong at both ends. Getting from nowhere with no experience to having £2,000 a month coming in in a year is really, really hard. But if you assume that you've done that, and then you're giving yourself another nine years to get another £3,000 with all the experience that you've got, with the benefit of compounding, with all the other advantages that you've got, and nine times as long, it's nowhere near ambitious enough. So if financially that really is all you want, then that's fine. Then you can bring that goal in a bit. You can try to achieve it in a shorter space of time. But if really you want more and you're just afraid to say that number because it sounds impossible, then give your permission to go bigger. 10 years is long enough to do that because you've got so much time. And even if you don't know how you're going to do it now, just committing to it will get your subconscious working. It'll force you to act bigger and you'll figure out along the way exactly how you're going to make it happen. So you've come up with your big goals. You can now pop them on your fridge and it'll just happen. No. You will have to work. You won't just have to think it into reality. Although some books will tell you that's all you have to do. No, you're actually going to have to do something to make this happen. And if you do those audacious goals i know we just told you to put them but if you do put them down you'll have to do something different to what normal people do and what normal people do in life is plod bit brutal but it's the truth a lot of people just plod exist and drift and you know what if they're happy then that is perfect because happiness is the ultimate achievement but if you want to do audacious things then you're going to have to act differently to the norm That makes sense, but most people won't do it. Most people want big things, but most people won't do different things to achieve them. And the different things actually are easier than you think. But even as we read them out now and tell you the type of things you're going to need to do, a lot of people listening won't do it. I'm hoping you, yeah, you know who you are, you'll you'll step up. But a lot of people listening to this won't. So let me give you some examples. Now, when you're a property investor and you're starting out, we've recommended that you go out and network. We recommend that you go to meetups. We recommend that you do stuff at the weekends to make up for the fact you're working full time. We recommend that you really absorb yourself, you know, read the books, watch the YouTube videos, listen to all the podcasts. But most people will just do some of that. But it's those who put that extra effort in. It's those that go and build their network up. It's those who then save that extra bit of their salary, even though it means they're making sacrifices in the month. Those are the ones that achieve the success. Those are the ones that go on to hit those audacious goals. But most people don't like difficult. Most people default too easy. Now, I'm not beating down on people who choose that. I said, if you're happy, great. But you can't then moan that you didn't do the big things that you wanted to do. 
you have to do the difficult things. But that is true for all of life. You've just got to put that little extra effort in, and that's all it is, and you will achieve bigger results. But the wonderful thing is, you, by doing a little bit of thinking, can come up with what are the more difficult things to do. But the great thing is, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out what the difficult things are. As I've touched on, they are really easy to figure out. You've just got to go and do them. Yeah, if you listen to the successful people who we've interviewed on the podcast over the years, and there have been many of them, there are clear patterns in what they do. Every successful investor we've ever spoken to has worked a lot of evenings and a lot of weekends. There have been a lot of dinners with friends that they've missed. There have been lots of hobbies that they would have liked to take up that they haven't had time for because they've been working on achieving their goals. We've heard from investors who on a Saturday will get up at five in the morning, get a train across the country for three hours, do a day of viewings, then come home again in the evening. We've heard from investors who for years will deny themselves the things that they'd really like to have because they're saving up for that next deposit. You know that these are the things that have to be done because you've heard these stories. And again, it's not just in property. You can find similar examples for anyone who's achieved anything in business or who's got to the top of a sport or anything like that. You know what needs to be done. You've just got to do it. And you've got to do it even when no one around you is doing it and what they're doing in the short term seems a lot more enjoyable. And you've got to do it consistently. Again, we're talking about a decade here. This isn't something where you can just like go at it really hard for a month, then go back to being exactly how you were before and expect everything to be okay. Getting from zero to something is always the hardest part. So I'm not saying you have to make sacrifices to the same extent in year nine as you do in year one. But you do consistently, over time, need to do the thing that isn't the easy thing to do. Most people don't do that, and that's why most people don't get the results they want. And don't use the, oh, but I don't know what to do as an excuse. Give yourself a little bit of thinking time, and you'll come up with the answers. The great thing about these lessons is you can apply them anywhere. So if we take, I want a six-pack as an example, you know that you need to get to the gym all the time, you need to eat better, and you need to be disciplined at the weekend to not eat the chocolate and the beer. Yep, bit of self-talk going on here. That's what you need to do. You know that. You've got the answers. You don't need another book. You don't need to listen to a fitness podcast. Just put the effort in, get up earlier, and do the work. So we all know what to do to achieve that wonderful result. But most of us won't do it. And most people won't become financially free. Because you can write it down and put it on your fridge, like I've said, but you need to do the work. But the great thing is, you know what that work is. Or at least if you give it a little bit of thinking time, you know what that work is. So there are no excuses. It is down to you. You can give yourself reasons why things didn't work out and tell yourself a story. And you know what? In 10 years' time, that story that you tell yourself, that might make you feel better. But deep down, you know. Deep down, the reason you didn't hit your goals was because you didn't do the work. You know what the work is. Don't moan. Don't make up a story if you don't hit it. Accept it. Take it on the chin and go, I didn't achieve those things because of me. That's it. It's all on you. But the great thing is, it's all on you to achieve these things. No one else is going to stop you. The excuses are Now, I know the bleep machine came in there and I very rarely swear, but I want to hammer the point home. Don't tell yourself a story at the end of this decade. Don't tell yourself a story about why you couldn't do something because this event happened or that person did that or this thing bothered me. The only story you want to be telling yourself at the end of the 10 years is the beautiful story of the challenges that you went through, the hard work that you put in, and how much you enjoyed that journey. That's the story you want to tell yourself.
Wow, Rob B dropping the truth bombs all over. Some tough love for you on the Property Podcast, but it's all true. So how could you make it more likely that you will do what needs to be done and you'll have the dedication and you'll put in the work? How can you set up your environment so you're likely to succeed? Well, the absolute biggest thing you can do is to surround yourself with positive influences. Again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Giving yourself helpful inputs will do absolute wonders for your mindset and for what you can then go on to achieve. That means what you consume. There are all kinds of terrible things in the world that you could focus on if you choose to. There's all kinds of outlets that specialise in getting you wound up and making you feel self-righteous and that there are these bad people doing bad things in the world. And you know what? There are. But focusing on that might be enjoyable in a funny kind of way. It might make you feel better by comparison. It might be entertaining, but it's not helpful. Consuming media that's helpful and inspiring and has messages that you can actually do something with will make it so much easier to take that consistent action that you need to take. And the same goes for the people that you surround yourself as well, more so, in fact. And there might be parts of your social environment that you can't control, but there's plenty that you can. And again, this is where things like networking and the voluntary communities that you're part of make such a big difference. Absolutely. That is so important. But you also need to be aware The world today, there is plenty of people who are shoving it in your face about how wonderful and successful they are. You know, you see them on Instagram standing in front of their supercars, making out that they've got life nailed. They haven't. They're flawed. They're probably standing in front of a supercar because they haven't got money or they have got money and they're insecure or both. Who knows? But the point is, if they're having to do that, something's wrong. Something's wrong with them, not you. The fact that they have to shove that in your face makes me really wonder about how happy they really are. But don't look at those posts. Don't follow those people and think, wow, I wish I was perfect like them. Because they may make out they're perfect, but they are not. Nobody is perfect. We are all flawed. People may, mistakenly, look at Rob and I and go, wow, they're successful. We're not. We're just normal guys. We're just normal people. We've done some of the hard things in some of the aspects of our lives. But I can tell you, I've failed at loads as well. In the last 12 months, don't have the six-pack, entered the half marathon, didn't complete it because I didn't trade enough. Failed. Not perfect. Yes, we may have a growing business, and yes, we may have a successful podcast. doesn't mean we've nailed life. We're doing some parts of life well and failing in others. And that's okay, because you know what? We all do that. So try and do more of the positive and be inspired by the positive aspects of what some people are doing. But don't kid yourself and think they're perfect and I'm not. We're all the same. If you just follow some of the basic points that we've given you today, you'll be able to achieve so much more than average. And that's what's beautiful about this is they are basic things. There are no magic tricks. There is no secret formula. There is no weekend course you can go on that's going to give you the secrets to life. The secrets to life are actually really basic and in front of you. And you've got all the answers. You just need to execute them to get the results. And the great thing about all of this is that we're talking about a decade. You are able to make mistakes. You are able to have bad months, even a bad year. You can do that over a decade. Don't get hung up on making every decision, every investment, every aspect of your life perfect, because it's not going to happen. Perfection doesn't happen, but you've got time. As long as you do enough good things over the decade, you'll look back and it will appear excellent. Exactly. This goes for you personally as well as for your investments. As Rob said, 
nobody's perfect and however much you set yourself up for success and do all the things we've talked about there'll be times when you lose motivation there'll be times when you get distracted there'll be times when you try something that seemed like a great idea but it doesn't work but when we're talking about a decade that's okay there's time for that to happen if you just still end up where you want to and the same thing goes for your investments if you're trying to hit a really ambitious target in a year then there's so much pressure Because for you to have any chance, everything has to be perfect. Unfortunately, there's no such thing as the perfect deal or the perfect property or the perfect investment. When you're thinking over the terms of a decade, it's far easier to realise the truth that a good property today is far better than a perfect property in five years. It's so easy to get caught up in analysis paralysis. It's something we talk about a lot. It's something we hear about all the time that people are struggling with. And with this, like I said, thinking long-term helps, but it's something you need to be constantly aware of. You need to be aware of the cost of perfection. And the good news is you don't need perfection. If you just buy good properties at good prices and you manage them well, then over a decade, you've got so much time for the income to come in. You've got so much time for the growth to happen. And even if you get it wrong, even if you make a bad investment, you've got so much time to put it right. Property is wonderfully forgiving over the long term. There are a lot of very expensive mistakes that you can make in the short term. But over a long enough time frame, you'd have to do tremendously badly and do some really stupid things not to come out ahead. So even though 10 years is a long time and we're right at the start of a decade, don't leave it a couple of years to get started because you're not sure you're ready, your prices might go down or that deal looks okay, but a better one might not come along next month. In property, time is really the magic ingredient. So put yourself in a position to take advantage of that. So start. Get ready to smash that decade. Go and write those goals down. Go and give yourself that thinking time. And go and set yourself up for success. You know what to do. You didn't even need this podcast. You knew before this podcast. But hopefully this is the podcast that will wake you up. It will stop that drifting and go, you know what? I am going to schedule some time to do it. Or I'm actually going to do it today. But just make sure you do it. Remember, this isn't exclusive to property investment. These are lessons that you can apply to all of your life. And they don't have to be financial. You know, finance is one type of success. And I actually think our culture weighs too heavily on that being deemed the most successful thing you can do. No, success can be looked at in so many different ways. It can be your health. It can be your family. It can be the impact that you make on other people. Whatever success looks like to you. Start writing it down. Obviously include your property stuff in there, but don't just do property. Do all aspects of your life that are important to you and then begin. Start to take action, little steps at first, and you'll be blown away when you look back in 10 years' time at what you've achieved. So as Rob has quite rightly said, you are responsible for your own success, but we'll do a little bit to help you along the way by putting out a podcast every week to give you a bit of inspiration or to give you a bit of knowledge that you can put to good use. There's just one condition. When you get some success, make sure you let us know about it because we love to hear your success stories. It doesn't have to be that you've just achieved your all-time life goal. Any kind of progress that feels significant to you, we want to know about it. So just let us know in a review of the podcast or get in touch on the socials. This week's success story comes in from Luis, who left us a review of the podcast saying, thank you so much for inspiring me onto my property journey. Thanks to you guys, I was able to look outside London, create my property company, and last year bought a flat in Birmingham. I'm in the process of purchasing a flat in Liverpool. It wouldn't be so fun and effective without you guys. Well, again, we're glad to have helped and thank you for the review, but Luis, it's all you. Well done. 
we have the perfect hub extra for you this week because it's a book from a man who's achieved incredible success. And the man in question is Bob Iger. Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney. Disney is my favourite business. I absolutely love what they've done and achieved, not just in the beginning, but also more recently. An incredible business, incredible standards. And at Christmas, at top of my list with for Santa was this book. But Rob, before I've even dug into it, you've gone and read it. So don't give too much away. But it's so good that you wanted it to be on Hub Extra this week. Yeah, and it fits absolutely perfectly with what we're talking about because because what Bob Iger has achieved with Disney is absolutely unbelievable. I hadn't followed it that closely, so I wasn't aware of some of the things that he'd done that produced massive results for them. Some of them really forward thinking. Now, with hindsight, it looks obvious, but he was way ahead of the game on certain things. But the striking thing, again, is he was thinking long term. If you look at the arc of his career and how long it took him to get to certain places, it really didn't happen overnight. But just by consistently doing enough good things and having a heck of a work ethic, he got to this unbelievable position. And the other thing that I took away from it as well, which is something that you see from a lot of successful people, is they're not just successful in one area of their life. Bob Iger still, and he must be getting on for 70 now, gets up at 4.30 every morning and exercises. He's a real fitness fanatic as well. And this is something really common. It's unusual to see someone who's reached the top of one field and got their life really together in that aspect, but is a complete mess when it comes to other parts of their life. Successful people tend to be successful not in everything, but they tend to have their life together and have healthy and productive habits across the board. So I think that's another really important thing to think about when we're talking about the next 10 years. Don't just think about how you can be successful in property. Think about how you can be successful in general and build those habits and give it enough time. And you might not end up where Bob Iger has ended up because what he's done is pretty extraordinary, but you can still end up in a pretty amazing place. So if you want the perfect example of some of the principles that we've talked about in this episode, definitely check out that book and it's a great story as well a successful man a successful business that book is called ride of a lifetime i can't wait to dig in and based on rob's recommendation i think you should probably go and check it out the link to that book if you can't find it on amazon will be in our show notes so that's us done if you want to keep in touch please do we get lonely follow us on the social channels interact with us on the social channels at property hub uk twitter instagram youtube we're everywhere and of course the forum on property hub Net. Join the conversation there. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Next week, we are firmly back on property ground. I hope today's episode has resonated with you and has motivated you to take action. Here is to a wonderful decade. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.